Do you find animals? No. Oh, you see those punch tables too. That's a cool. farming game. Yeah, Deborah did that. <coughs> you did? Deborah did it. Because oh, some of us like put them in binders. Hey, Dave. We're all losing. You're going to read the animals. All right. You're yeah, fishing with the food. Wonderful. Wonderful, wonderful. Are we live? We have to. We are. We are. We are. Let's go. <laughs> Hello, everybody. Hello. 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 Victory Church here. And uh, this is a beautiful, beautiful day after we had a great dinner, right? Amen. Thank you, Thank you Charlotte. Charlotte. Thank you, Charlotte. Awesome dinner. And so we are ready to roll with our Bible study. Um, we are in the Bible timeline study. And today on Genesis 13, verses 5 through 18, lesson number 21, January the 30th, 2000, right? 2018. There you go, 2018. All right. So I'm going to ask you, sweetheart, to please the passage. From verse 5 through 18, and we read in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. During this time, Lot was also traveling with Abram. Lot had many animals and tents. Abram and Lot had so many animals that the land could not support both of them together. The Canaanites and the Perizzites were also living in the land at the same time. The shepherds of Abram and Lot began to argue. So Abram said to Lot, there should be no arguing between you and me or between your people and my people. We are all brothers. We should separate. You can choose any place you want. If you go to the left, I will go to the right. If you go to the right, I will go to the left. Lot looked and saw the whole Jordan Valley. He saw that there was much water there. This was before the Lord destroyed Sodom and Gomorrah. Jordan Valley all the way to Zoar was like the Lord's garden. This was good land, like the land of Egypt. So Lot chose to live in the Jordan Valley. The two men separated, and Lot began traveling east. Abram stayed in the land of Canaan, and Lot lived among the cities in the valley. Lot moved as far as Sodom and made his camp there. The Lord knew that the people of Sodom were very evil sinners. After Lot left, the Lord said to Abram, Look around you. Look north, south, east, west. All this land that you see, I will give to you and your people who live after you. This will be your land forever. I will make your people so many that they will be like the dust of the earth. If people could count all the particles of dust on earth, they could count your people. So go, walk through your land. I now give it to you. So Abram moved his tents. He went to live near the big trees of Mamre. Mamre. Mamre, Mamre. This was near the city of Hebron. There he built an altar to honor the Lord. Do you remember Abram was called by the Lord to leave the, the land where his parents lived, right? And the Lord said, I want you to go to a place where I'm going to bless you. That was the plan. And uh, he said, leave everybody. For some reason, his nephew was part of the picture. You remember? And uh, at this point, 
is when when we find the first not positive interaction between the two of them, right? Well, here's one thing, guys, that we need to always be aware of. There is no way that we can avoid arguments in our relationships. There, there is no way. You know it. You know, sometimes happens in our home, right? Husband and wife. Uh, difficulties, disagreements, and there is the argument. It happens in the workplace constantly. The supervisor is telling the workers what to do, the workers don't want to do it, and the argument starts. And sometimes it's in business relationship, partners, and, uh, and there are occasions when also that happens in the church. <laughs> there are arguments, right? And uh, it, it is unavoidable. Now, the question that we need to ask ourselves is, what can we do in the midst of arguments? So any, any comments? What can we do in the midst of arguments? What, what do you suggest or you say? Stay calm. Oh, what do you say? Nothing. Maybe we should. <laughs> Separate for a little bit till everybody's calmed down, and, and then come back and talk about it when we're calm. Calm Maybe. down, huh? Yes, sir? Maybe we should, I don't know, ask ourselves, are we doing what we're called to do? <laughs> <laughs> wow. Do we have like a plan right? about it? <laughs> <laughs> well, the practical thing, you know, I agree. I agree. We need to try to calm down. But there are occasions where this is just difficult. You know? Exactly. Exactly. Sometimes you just, you just go boom. And the, the next thing that you know is, or the other person is yelling, or is yourself. Have you found yourself in, in, in a situation like that when you are like, why did I do that? I don't know why I just went bananas, right? So it happens, right? So Calm your breathing. That's a great thing. that They say that when we are breathing, Count there is ten. oxygen <laughs> going Count into our brain, right? Out in yeah. <laughs> right. But this... This situation between Abraham and his <coughs> nephew was beyond this kind of uh, let's breathe, let's calm down. It was beyond that, mm -hmm. right? That's why the first question here is after asking ourselves, what can we do? Let's share, let me share with you some ideas. This one. Are we doing what we are called to do? Right? This is exactly what you said. <laughs> Amazing. Are we doing this? Because I want you to think about it. Many, many of us struggle, struggle with uh, getting along with others, whatever the task is. And quite often it's because we are not doing what we are supposed to do. For instance, in the workplace, people are fighting sometimes because... One is saying, let's do this, and the other is saying, let's do that. But the question is, what was the order, right? What was the purpose why this individual was hired? Why this department is here in the company, right, or in our homes? If we have disagreements, we should ask ourselves, what is what we are supposed to do? today or this week or this month because for instance one one disagreement that we know happens constantly is in regards of budget <laughs> right 
budget is, is a big deal. So we have certain amount of, uh, amount of money, and uh, one says, well, let's do this, and the other says, well, let's do that. What, what is what we are called to do? Abram had a call. The Lord called him to go to a place where he will be highly blessed. At this point, him and his nephew had plenty of animals and servants and all kind of things. They were wealthy. But uh, it was to the point where they couldn't continue working together. It was just too much. It was just too, too many animals, too many employees, just a, a small land. It was impossible. Do we have a plan, a plan about it? I want you to think of this. Think of the last argument that you had today or yesterday or last week. Think about it. And the first question is, were you doing what, we, what you were supposed to do in that moment? Did you guys have a plan to do what you were supposed to do? And then, am I doing my part? Because why is that we get so upset in, in those circumstances? Because deeply we are thinking, well, we are not doing what we need to do here. And uh, am I doing my part? <coughs> Is everyone else doing his part? Because in the workplace, again, let's go to that point, the workplace. We are doing what we are supposed to do, but sometimes there is not a good plan. Or there is no plan. It's just everyone is doing what everyone thinks is best for the company. And when someone takes the tools of somebody else or takes a vehicle of somebody else or the money was not provided on time, there, there is poor planning. Then is when things get bad for everybody. Do we agree on that? You know, for instance, let me give you another example. We, we plan to go on a trip, a vacation, mini vacation, one or two days. And one is thinking we will do this. The other thinking is, let's do that. There is no planning. There is no good communication between all of us. More likely is going to be an argument at some point because everyone is thinking this is what we should do. This is what the way that we sh should do this thing. When, when it's about projects with teams, if you work with a team, one of the main things is to communicate with your team, to let them know what is what we are planning to do today. And ask everyone, do you need anything in order to do what you are supposed to do, right? If you transfer this to the, to the home environment, why there are difficulties in, in our families is, is most of the time is the lack of unity in what we are about to do, poor planning, poor communication, argument. Whatever we are planning to do, we need to communicate with everybody else in the team. 
whether it's in your workplace, guys, or, or it's in your home. Communicate. Communicate. Because eventually, if there is no good planning, if, there, if we don't have a clear vision of, of what we are supposed to do, and if there is no good communication, we will have an argument. But the thing is, communicating is exhausting, right? Don't, don't you feel that way sometimes? It's like, uh, do I have to tell him again? <laughs> Why should I repeat this thing again and again? We already discussed that. that that's the point, right? We get tired of saying the same thing. But the problem is when we do not communicate in an effective way, the argument is going to pop up. And think about this. When there is an argument, question, is there communication there? Not the proper kind. <laughs> okay. Okay, let me... Let me Bad communication. Oh. You have to be a team player. Correct. But when there is an argument, the argument is based on words coming from one person to the other, right? We, we are communicating. You see the point? You see? I want you to see that. It's a You're not listening to me. <laughs> I'm communicating. Correct. There is a communication. It's just bad communication, poor communication. So you are going to communicate regardless. Or you com listen to this, guys. Or you communicate to confirm what's the plan, or you are going to be in a good way, right? Or you are going to communicate in a bad way during the argument. Regardless, you're going to communicate. So how do you prefer to communicate? Planning, talking about what is what everyone should do, being calm there and just projecting what is going to happen? Or do you prefer not say anything and just let things go bananas? And then we are yelling and screaming, and it's, it's, it's a waste of energy, right? So arguments are unavoidable. We understand that. But certainly we need to think, what is what we are supposed to do now? Sec first. Second, do we have a plan to do that? Plan what you plan. Plan what you are about to do. Communicate. Ask yourself, am I doing my part? The other day I was talking, I don't remember with whom, and my question was, if that person is upset, is it possible that you make that person upset? It, there is a possibility. So when there is an argument, maybe you created the problem. Maybe. So that's why you need to ask yourself, am I doing my part in this? And also you need to ask the others, are they doing their part? Because here comes another great question. Is it possible that somebody is taking advantage of the situation? <laughs> you tell me you don't see that, especially in, in places where somebody has to work. And some are working and the others are just watching, right? Just looking. Just looking, right? So we, we have to learn here 
And uh, is there any way, guys, that we can prevent some people of taking advantage of the situation? What do you think? Can we prevent that some people will take advantage of the situation? You can prevent it to a point. Like, you can have a shutoff valve. How would you do it? Checks and balances. Yeah. All right. All right. Okay. Let's 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 make a let's create an, a scenario here. Okay. Let's suppose we are a department and they and a company. Okay. Cricket. <laughs> <laughs> yes. If someone's trying to watch live and they they can't find it. It's not live. Well, it, it's it's live. It's not. It should be. It's not saying live. Was live. Oh. No, it, it, it is. Is it on okay? Is it on your page? Okay. It should be. Because it just says was live. It's going. There it goes. It's going. All right. All right. Okay, let's go back to the question, guys. We are a department of a company and uh, <coughs> is it possible that someone in this department will take advantage of the others yes it's possible right so how can we prevent that avoid the triggers of the argument how can you prevent that someone will take advantage of the others by not doing anything. Giving them a responsibility that's both quantifiable and, um, like, um, what is it called? We get to turn in in a timely manner or whatever it has to be uh, observable. observable. Right. So <clears throat> one of the ways to prevent that somebody will take advantage of the situation is when we plan, we make sure that everyone will have a task. <laughs> Right? So we are here, 12 people tonight, right? Indeed. And we say, okay, 13. well, well. Yeah, so we will say, uh, okay, what if uh, you take care of this, you take care of that, who wants to take care of this, who wants to take care of that, and everyone assumes a responsibility. But we know that someone, someone will not. Will just be. Exactly. <laughs> someone will be just quiet, right? Mm -hmm. As can be. Someone. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> exactly. That is what I am talking about. Because eventually in that group, somebody will say, hey, wait a minute, I didn't see that person doing anything. And you know, thinking about it, yesterday, that person didn't do anything either. Wait a minute. Hello. The whole week. <laughs> you, 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 see what, you see what I'm saying? And then is when the argument will come. So it's like when I was in project management, like there was always someone. Well, what was your task again? I didn't have a task. Ah, so that is important. Well, in a team, <laughs> in our homes, guys, everyone should be doing something. In, in our church, same thing. Everyone should be doing something, and especially in the workplace, right? Imagine somebody is being paid and that person is just wants to be whistling, you know? 
Exactly. <laughs> yes. Why are you disappointed? Yeah, why are you disappointed? That's such a profound statement. Well, it is interesting. No expectations. No, yeah. That's right. But let's suppose let's let's suppose that we we have somebody assigned to carry ca cash. Okay, that's his job, just to carry cash. And something happens during our project, and we need cash. So. Do you think that we all will feel, will be okay because we weren't expecting <laughs> that that person will not do his job? You understand my point? No, but we gave him a job. We gave him the job. So that person has an assignment. Mm -hmm. By not doing his job, we'll be ourselves mad, disappointed, and will, will we have an, an argument? <laughs> what do you think? Words will be exchanged. <laughs> right. right. So I understand the point. Is is when when that particular task will not affect the whole operation, probably we can just let it go and not not expect much from that individual. I agree. But in a workplace, everyone has a function, and that person doesn't do his job. Somebody is gonna tell something to that individual, right? Yes? <laughs> oh, what, what, what can we do when someone, let's say a, say supervisor, and doesn't like confrontation? What do you say about that? It's frustrating, man. Right. As a supervisor, this person has to talk to the ones working there, yeah. but the issue is this supervisor doesn't like confrontation. What, what do you say about that? It, it, it messes up the rest of the group. It, it amplifies what that one person is doing wrong that much more because everybody sees it and this person has a responsibility to say something because you don't, you're a peer, you can say something, but authority-wise you don't have it. You're expecting this guy who has the authority to say or do something but refuses to do it, which basically says that he promotes it. And so now it affects the group because the group is... So therefore, even though... Exactly. Even though the supervisor doesn't like confrontation, part of his job as a supervisor is to talk about those things. Right? Yeah. Right. So in order to avoid that confrontation, what would you suggest? Think about it. Uh, you mean uh, in order for the manager to avoid the confrontation? Yes. Uh-huh. You are the manager, you are the supervisor, here is your team. What, what could you do to, and you don't like confrontation, what could you do to prevent the confrontation, to prevent the argument? What, what is what you would do? You can create an open forum to openly discuss and allow people, empower them to discuss the issues as a group of peers. Right. That's a good idea. But you know what is very practical is again the same thing. Make sure everyone has an assignment. Mm -hmm. That's why you will ask to every one of the members 
do you need anything to do your job? Is there anything that I can help you with? Because even though it's kind of confrontational, kind of, right? And the supervisor doesn't want to do it. Actually, it's not being mean. It's preventing the potential problem and eventual argument. When you assign the task, you have to make them real clear mm -hmm. as to what they're when we assign, when we assign the test, yes. yeah, do you understand what you are supposed to do, right? Sorry, Deborah. <laughs> That's, that'd be good incorporation. <laughs> Coming back to the story of Aram and, and his nephew, you know, when, when Aram realized this is not going well, you know, this is just not... Uh, not going to, to, to end in a good way, you know? Too many arguments. We, we got to separate here. We have to split here. Uh, that. So you know what, nephew? Let's do something, he said. Whatever direction you want to go, if you pick the east, I'm going to go to west. If you pick north, I'm going to, to go south. So we being friends, but you take your route and I take mine, okay? And this is what he said. Uh, <laughs> If you prefer, you choose first. Mm -hmm. and, and I like that. That was very mature, very spiritual, right? You pick. And then Lot, which represents here, listen to this, he represents a worldly person. Worldly person. This worldly person will choose through his eyes. So that is what he did. The best of the best. He looked and thought, well, this area is kind of not that great. But here, the valley, this is more convenient for me. The worldly person is going to choose through his eyes. And uh, the other thing, he says that once he moved in that direction, he was very comfortable with the, the people from Sodom, which were evil. They were bad, bad individuals, you know, sinners. Listen to these guys. A worldly person is very comfortable hanging out with evil doers. <coughs> You sometimes realize that there are circles where you're just not comfortable with, right? You're like, no, I don't like this kind of conversations. But the worldly person doesn't have any kind of filter. The worldly person, it's okay with anything, whatever kind of conversations, whatever kind of language, right? Because this worldly is just about nothing bothers them. No, not and nothing. It's, and you know what? Gets the idea that is very understanding. He says, "I'm very understanding. I'm pretty cool. I'm uh, what is the expression they use? Uh, open mind. I'm open minded. Open minded. You know. I'm not judgmental. But uh, but let me ask you: <laughs> Would you have dinner? with someone that you know that is beating up his wife? 
Would you hang out with someone that you know is uh, abusing children? You see, but the idea of being open-minded is I'm cool with that, you know. I'm, I don't judge anyone, is what they say. You know, I'm not God. I don't need to judge anybody. So it, it's, like a stance, there, there is a fine line in this thing. But Lot, he was okay with whatever those individuals were doing. That is the mentality, the mentality of a worldly person. It's okay with whatever people in the world do. Now, here is the spiritual person, Abraham. One interesting thing is, after his nephew left, once the argument ended, the spiritual person will listen to the voice of the Lord. As soon as this guy left, the Lord spoke to Abraham. You see that? The, the spiritual individual, it's impossible that you will totally be compatible with the worldly individual. It's impossible. It's like mixing water and, and oil. You put them in the same container, they mix, but what happens eventually? They separate because they are different nature. The spiritual individual, yeah, we have to, to be very... Um, understanding with the people of the world because they do all kind of things, right? And we are not judge them. We are not going to judge them. We are going to be compassionate and loving, right? We, we get that. But we cannot be comfortable hanging out with them when we know what kind of things are they, they are doing. You can't tolerate it. You know? Sometimes sneaky, though. Sometimes it's not that apparent. Right. But... Yes. Uh, you know, I remember one time in Lubbock, I lived in this apartment complex, and there was this guy who was cool. He lived a few doors down from me. He was a cool guy. Like, a, like every time I, you know, uh, be coming upstairs or whatever, he say, hey. I didn't really know him, but he say, hey, what's up? Did you watch the games, blah? And he just started making small talk. Everything was cool. Like, yeah, I thought it was kind of cool, you know? He'd come by the apartment every now and then, hang out with me and my roommate. And I remember one time, it was uh, I was just there by myself. My roommate had left or something like that, and I was passing by the apartment, so I was doing something, and he was like, hey, man, if you want to come over and hang out, you know, just come over and hang out, we'll watch part of this game or whatever, so I was cool, so I went over and hang out, I got there, man, this dude was listening to some music that I never heard before, it was, uh, it, it was really weird, like, demonic, and I was like, it's kind of weird, but, you know, I was like, all right, you know, okay, and, you know, and he started, and then he asked me this question, this guy asked me this question, and he said, he's like, do you believe in, do you believe in demons? First, I started getting a little uncomfortable. I was like, man, I, I mean, I guess I have to, you know what I'm saying? Because I believe in, right. you know, in, in God. And he was like, he's like, you don't, he's like, you don't strike me as a person that believes in God. And I was like, what do you mean by that? And he's like, well, he's like, most people tend to hang out with people. Demons hang out with demons and angels hang out with angels, he started saying. And I was like, okay. And he was like, he looked at me and he said, and I'm a demon. 
Maybe that says something about me, though, too, at the time. You know, maybe I was a little too open-minded. You know, I didn't really see some of this right. stuff. I just did not see that coming. Well, as I said, we are compassionate, understanding. We love people, right? And we can, we can accept that they operate in a certain way, but the point is uh, how long will it take them to reveal themselves and eventually you see that there is no compatibility. If any of them eventually say, like I was one day part of that crowd, <laughs> right? Once being in that dark area and the light came to me, I realized this is an awful lifestyle. Mm -hmm. And the Lord saved me and rescued me and showed me that there, that was not what He wanted for me. Well, I took the steps in order to come into the light and being a part of the kingdom, right? If anyone experiences the same thing, we are open to, to receive them, of course. We want to love them. But in this particular case, I want you to see that. As soon as the nephew left, the voice of the Lord came to Abraham. And then the Lord said to him, You are blessed. <coughs> And now I want you to walk through the promised land that I'm giving you. Walk through your promised land. There, there are beautiful things that we can extract from here. But the first important thing is this. Once the Lord blesses you, no one else can take that blessing from you. Even when we sometimes are hanging out with the wrong crowd, <laughs> when we can make mistakes, you know, once you are blessed, you are blessed. That's one important thing to learn from this passage. And the other is those blessings are available for you and you just need to believe on those things and every day you walk you go through your day considering those blessings and giving thanks to the Lord for those blessings. You see, Abram is the father of faith. In his faith, he could envision everything, and he walked through this promised land. What is your promised land? What are the promises that you feel in your heart the Lord has given to you? What are those promises that you feel in your heart the Lord has for you? Peace. Would you excuse peace. Peace. peace? Excellent. Peace. Well, you walk through your day envisioning that peace. You go to sleep thinking, I'll I will have the peace of the Lord. Whatever the promises that you have, whatever is what you know the Lord is going to give you, you just walk through your <laughs> promised land. And as you walk, you give thanks. You give thanks because the Lord said, 
then you will worship me and you will give me honor and recognition. This is what he did. He built, Abraham built another altar to honor the Lord. Again, the question to you guys, you know that we have read this before, the, the previous pa uh, chapters of Genesis. Did Abraham build another altar to the Lord? Yes. Was Lot with him in those days? Yes, he was. Because until now is when he left. So Abraham showed him the right way to live. And he still didn't. Say again? And he still didn't. You see, that, that is what we are called to. Called to believe in the Lord, to show others. But it, at the end, it's up to every and each individual to make a decision. Do I want to do things right according to what the Lord wants me to do it or, or not? And everyone needs to make a decision about it. Right? But we know what we do. We honor the Lord and we worship Him. That's why we get together like to study the scripture, to worship Him and serve the Lord in our church. And that is our deepest desire. This morning I had a beautiful phone call with someone in Houston. And this person said to me, I'm making terrific money. Everything is going great in my family. But I am just so aware that those things are not important. What matters really is my relationship with the Lord, is what this person said to me in this phone call. And I was so happy to hear that because this is the truth. So I encourage each one of you guys to remember this. What matters is what is spiritual not what these eyes can see, right? In the name of the Lord Jesus. And uh, we say goodbye to our friends on this video. Goodbye. Bye. Good night. Penny says goodbye. <laughs> <laughs> Number 13. Number 13. The 13th, please. Did you just see them? No. <laughs>